I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I need federal disaster relief for my loins. I may have traded in cocktails for seltzer, but I'm still finding new ways to hit rock bottom every day. <laughs> oh my god, that was like poetic and Thank beautiful. you. you Yours is amazing too. <laughs> it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 165, and I have a new guest to the People's People's Couch. And here's just a little info on this very special, fabulous person. He is a writer whose credits include Billy on the Street, Heather, Paper Magazine, the best Instagram captions of all time. He is a man who knows how to serve on Sexy Unique Podcast. And on top of that, a performer whose recent performance of Luann de la Seps on a Housewives reading that we participated in was nothing less than iconic. You guys, none other than Monsieur Carrie O'Donnell. Hi. Thanks for How having me. Wow, that you? was I'm like really humbled by that entrance. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on AG. So listen, we're recording this like glorious shenanigan where I'm in New York, mm-hmm. you're in LA. Yes. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh, How is California? I heard it's great. Well, it's Mm, not great right now because yeah. we're I think we traded New York right now like I think we 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 traded places a little with in terms of um how bad COVID is 100 um, percent so I think exchange. it's now we're in our moment so mm-hmm. <laughs> we went from locking down to 
a unnecessary hiatus where the mayor was like allowing people to like you know live laugh love in public and then suddenly being like no 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 sorry you have to go back um so but i'm safe and my loved ones are safe and that's all that matters to me that is all that matters i mean yeah that is all that that is all that matters. well so also you... i care i want i want people i don't know to be safe too but oh, yeah, totally I... yeah 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 and also to get some semblance of reality at some point in time somewhere. yeah it's i mean i'm kind of just like i've like accepted that this year is a wash yeah, 2020 is done. Yeah. We have our eyes on, like, middle 2021 right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm or, very excited. Or even later than that, you know? I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I have there's some things I have to get through this year personally. But, like, other than that, I'm, like, just riding it and, you know, hoping, you know, hoping the nightmares are kept at bay as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just just accepting it. You know, it is wild. The difference of experiences that seems so specific to this country. I was reading something I was in like, I think it was in the New York Times or whatever. And I it's become some sort of meme at this point of like the listing of all of the different countries and the total amount of cases of new cases that they have right now versus just America. Yeah, and we are like killing the game. We've never been number one more so much. Yeah, I mean, we thought we were the best, and apparently, it's in fact true. We are the best at not doing anything, figuring this. Yeah, out yeah. I'm. I'm also loving like on Twitter, especially like the headlines. Like every day, they're like America obliterates new record. Like, oh, it's, my God. like just shat, you know, California shatters new single day record of like case. And, you know, it's just like the superlatives are just truly, you know, limitless with it's completely what we're able I mean... to not do is pretty <laughs> incredible. So congrats to the team uh, on that. Yes. I mean, I think we all really pulled together and we said, guys, we can do this. We can break records if mm-hmm. we unite as a country and say we are unique. I mean, this is our own sexy, unique podcast yes. podcast experience. We are the sexiest. We are the most unique. We don't need to wear masks. We bring smiles yeah, as a country united, mm-hmm. united together. I it think is... that has been incredibly important to our um, success rate of just destroying humanity. Yeah. The, um, I, think I think the theme think is really for, important. The theme for 2020 is terminal uniqueness. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's like, it's amazing to see and, um, you know, just watching from my window as helicopters fly overhead and sirens blare. It's just, you know, it's amazing. So I'm, but a long answer to your question. Yes, I'm doing okay. No, that's, I mean, that's (laughs) phenomenal. I also think it's, it's a, it's. It's a different experience, I have to say, as a New Yorker, to having gone through trying to, like, flatten the curve Mm -hmm. and being here when everyone was telling us we were fucked. And it was just terrifying to sit in your apartment and just wait to die. And I think that that perspective changes how 
New I, as a New Yorker, I can only speak to my experience, but how New Yorkers speak of Corona and of the importance of like looking to other countries and understanding that we're the new Italy, except a lot, lot worse. That there's sort of like a laissez-faire vibe that I think a lot of people have who haven't been directly affected by Corona. Now, obviously, there are a ton of people who don't feel that way, who are very, very protective and are doing exactly the right thing and don't need to have a family member or close friend or loved one or colleague or whatever get very, very sick, sick or ill or whatever in order to know to like Mm -hmm. fucking do the right thing. But I would say overwhelmingly, it's a different kind of energy that you have when you're in like the epicenter versus maybe Florida or Texas until now where people are kind of surprised or in disbelief. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously like New York, what you guys went through is like, I mean, LA has not gotten to that point, which is so, and I think New York has that like, you know, I'm, I'm, I lived in New York for a while. Like I, a part of me still is a New Yorker. So I, I feel like, I'm, when it was happening to you guys, I felt sort of like a, um, like I, I, I was missing the city and I, I, I mm-hmm. you know, once you live there for a while, you, you understand mm-hmm. that New York just has that, like, we're going to get through this yeah, and like that grit. And like, even if you don't live there anymore, I think that part of you is still kind of there. It's like a cynical, like, but also loving, we've been through this, you know, we've been through a lot of shit kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I think you guys went through like, I mean, it was staggering, like the amount of people who died in New York and like are continuing to die, you know, obviously less right now, who knows if that's going to stay like that. I hope it does. Um, but I think other places like did not heed that warning and, you know, mm-hmm. they're, reaping what they sow, you know? And like, I'm not, I, that sounds terrible, but like, they were not taking it seriously. And like LA, we've been in lockdown since March. And mm-hmm. I'd say most of the, I mean, at least the people I know and that I care about are taking it seriously. But like, you know, I drive, if I have to go somewhere, I'll drive. And I still, I, I'd say about half the people in LA aren't wearing masks. And like, I love LA so much. Really? I, yeah, I think there's a lot of people here. I mean, now maybe a little more because they're, they're like finding people now in like West Hollywood for mm-hmm. not wearing a mask, which I think is great. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's, it's like a weird dissonance that is, has been really weird to see. And like, you know, and I never want to be like, holier than thou or like oh you know like be self-righteous about this because you know you can't someone's gonna do what they're gonna do but at this point knowing what we know now and seeing what happened to new york and how many mm-hmm. i mean what is it like thirty thousand people died or something in new york or, i don't even know the numbers to but be honest at this point if you're not being courteous or smart about wearing a mask in public like there's you know, good luck to you. That's what I say. <laughs> like, yeah, truly, like... And I also, completely, I completely agree. And I also think, you know, there's a relatively new docu-series that is on Netflix called Lennox Hill, which happens to be my local hospital yeah. here on the Upper East Side. And it was recorded, I want to say, last year. Um, And it's fantastic. It's I highly, highly encourage it. I was someone who watched uh, Johns Hopkins and New York Med, and I think it was called Boston Med back in the day. And I 
am really, really interested in like true docu-series about what emergency room doctors go through and surgeons go through. And um, I remember, I think it was John Hopkins, there was like an oncologist and the fact that he was, he had such light within him when he's dealing with telling cancer patients and their families, like these dire results. It's anyway, um, so Lenox Hill is truly phenomenal and they actually did, and it's based around a hospital here called Lenox Hill here mm-hmm. on the Upper East Side in New York. And they actually were able to film inside Lenox Hill. They got very, very special permission to do an update of all things COVID. I think they started, I'm going to fuck this up. I think it was like, Maybe they started filming like March through April-ish. And wow. so watching these doctors who you already have Attachment. a relationship mm-hmm. with. And, you know, I started watching the show. It premiered after Corona started. So you're watching this in a very different frame of mind than you would be ordinarily. But right. watching how they react to and then adapt or try to adapt to this insanity around us is fascinating. I mean, one of the emergency room doctors... Um, who we saw in the update who was a part they were all a part of the original series was like you know I was trained for this Mm -hmm. she's like I never thought that I would have to experience this but I was actually trained in how to handle and deal with being a doctor on the front lines during a pandemic and watching that training Mm -hmm. go into effect plus all the emotional um, sacrifices that people in the healthcare field have had to make it's it's I highly encourage have you watched it it's unbelievable I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I always thought, like, doctors and nurses were superhumans anyway, but, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think this is just showing how special they are and how, like, brave they are, so I, I, I definitely will watch that, because that sounds incredible. It's incredible, and I think people need to understand that, you know, as this goes on, just because you're not seeing X or Y necessarily in your town does not mean that these people are not putting themselves on the front lines every single day. So shout out to all the AGs out there who are listening to this on their way to a shift, who are doing anything related to being an essential frontline worker, including working in a motherfucking pharmacy, grocery store. Um, We love you and appreciate you. And I have to ask you a question. So do you watch, which Housewives franchises do you watch? Do you watch all of them? Do you have specifics that you're super pumped about? Um, Yeah, I mean, my favorite that... I only watched I watched the entire series last year, but Potomac is now my favorite. Mm. Um, I I'm like so excited for August, and I think it's I think it's the most compelling franchise. A hundred percent agree. New York, Beverly Hills. Um, I used to watch Atlanta a lot. Uh, I was into Dallas. That got a little dark though, so I kind of had to. I don't you know with Le- Le- the whole Leanne thing and. Yeah, um, tough, rough, tough stuff. I'd say New York and Potomac are my main, you know, addictions. Beverly Hills is like, I used that used to be my favorite, like especially in the early seasons with Kim and Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it got really boring for a few seasons. I think this season, whenever it comes back, has definitely been more interesting. Mm-hmm. I think getting rid of Lisa Vanderpump was smart super smart um, i mean she, i think she's probably she has some regrets right now just oh yeah looking at what's going on with vanderpump rules and now oh with Beverly hills i mean allegedly you know this like motherfucking vegas shenanigan is um 
continuing, I guess. I don't know. There were rumors about Vanderpump Dogs. I don't. I cannot imagine if they are going to go into partnership with her on another show unless it is something like that's going to stream exclusively on Peacock or something. I just don't. I don't know. What do yeah. you think her future is with Bravo? Yeah, I think Vegas. I think like bringing Kara in at the end. I think someone like I think. I could see like a whole series of like the Vegas. I mean, that would be great. I want to see Vegas people. Do you? Yeah, I'm like I think Kara was like how they saved her for the finale. I was just like, god damn, like I I want a whole show of her and like that whole crew. Um You do. So I'm over. Like, I'm like at this point fire everyone. The only people I like in Vanderpump Rules are Ariana and Sandoval. Mm-hmm. Like I'm everyone and I like Sheena cuz she's she brings it um but yeah I'm, I'm done i'm like i'm done with get rid of them all i think they're terrible would you envision a world in which they pivot to a tom tom spinoff or do you think close shop on this group of friends and just start an entirely anew a la a real housewives franchise where it's like yeah listen miami didn't work out let's go to somewhere else i kind of do i think maybe give a spinoff to tom tom like purely for like sandoval and schwartz like Mm -hmm. and i think you know i think you could do something cool that but i yeah i think i think like i think it's done i think it's been done for a few seasons i think they've like really been pushing it um i think dana and max and brent were horrific uh additions i think charlie and um danica were great Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's I think it's past its prime, and I think the whole Stassi Dowdy thing. I used to root for Dowdy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that they had done. I was like, I just found out that they had done what they'd done mm-hmm. to Faith this mm-hmm. in the last month, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, because I've been I've always been like a Dowdy like stan and like riding for her. Um, but yeah, it's just really disappointing, and I think it was like a great kind of final nail that we need to just get rid of them that's what i think what do you think is gonna if pump rules continues do you think it will continue with jackson britney or do you think this oh, is their swan song i hope not i mean they're i i i like i think that they're I think that I think Britney is bad too. Like I know everyone always thinks like Britney, this like down home like country girl getting swept away in this whole like messy world of Hollywood. I think she knows what she's doing. I think he has treated her horribly, but like she knows what she was getting into at this. That's what I think, and I think that they're both like very problematic, and they probably have like really dark views that they don't always share. Don't you think? Like, I think that the whole that whole religious aspect that they're. Well, I completely agree with you, and I have to say that I was in that group. I feel like sometimes I'm a little late to the party in understanding how rotten some of these people are. Right. And with Brittany, I actually she came in, and I truly believe that she was like maybe a little dumb for choosing Jacks, but I thought she was really an innocent in all. I of did this. too. I did I, too. And, Right. And now I'm understanding how complicit she is. And I have to stop thinking about it as far as like, wow, I can't believe she chose him. And now, of course, she chose. Yes. Him. Like that's... she is a willing participant in whatever is happening on top of and then add on top of that. I'm sure there's emotional manipulation that's going on. The way he was speaking to her during the reunion was 
horrific, but also the way he talks to her every day is terrible. I know. And the way that she responded to fucking Sandoval was terrible. I yeah. think she's a little bit trash. I, I I completely agree. I used to like think she was sweet and feel bad for her and like be on her side, but I yeah, I think she's complicit and I think um I think she I, I also am just like I I can't watch her like walk into their house and casually just take a shot. Just to be able yeah. to like talk to him. I, I, like that is very troubling and um i don't know the whole like the whole wedding thing with the mm-hmm. pre- with the pastor and the yeah. land it, it just felt really cynical and um yeah i just i think i think Jax is just a very toxic presence he is, and I think that toxicity worked so well for us for so long, but we've crossed a point. I mean, someone DM'd me today and said, like, how do you think that our viewing of Housewives in Bravo has changed? Like, how have we changed in terms of, like, being active participants and voyeurs of this kind of reality TV entertainment And for me, I'm still looking for an escape. I still stand housewives. But I also think my level of like taking a certain amount of bullshit when it crosses a line has gotten a lot lower. And it's a bar that like Jax, for example, continually trips under. You know what I'm saying? Like there are certain Bravo celebrities where I might despise or hate them, but I would also recognize the influence that they bring to these shows. And now I'm just thinking like that influence, regardless of whether or not it's true, it just truly does not matter to me anymore. That there are certain zero tolerance boundaries that once you cross it, I just I don't think I have capacity to um, ignore it or uh, or not. or think that they should not be penalized for it in some way. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm at the same way. Like you know, obviously, like I've participated in the Bravo culture, especially with the Housewives, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, for years, a lot of these ladies have demonstrated deeply problematic behavior, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've like let it slide, especially some of their more like questionably like racist and questionably yeah. You know, and as a white person, I definitely, like, have been complicit in just, like, letting it slide and being like, oh, they're just messy and funny. But I think things are shifting and, like, it's now, like, there's a almost, like, a duty as someone who's, like, been part of this culture and, like, in, mm-hmm. to sort of call it out now and, and have mm-hmm. very low tolerance and push um, for, you know, like, when Stasi. I never, I've never liked Stassi. I think she's, I've always been very, like, just. Suspicious? Yeah, I mean, not, I think she's just outwardly terrible, and I've always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never understood the, like, kind of, the whole hero angle that the show really mm-hmm. pushed for her and Bo. I think he's a, me- mm-hmm. I, I think he's very calculating and cunning. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when I found out about that, I was like obviously like get her out of there she's trash we've known this she's racist she's horrible um but dowdy like i was always like like justice for dowdy and like i you know and like she i was like a legit like fan of hers and i had to like for myself be like i can't watch her anymore like after she's she 
potentially like put someone's life in danger i can't participate in that anymore so like you have to just be like you have to have integrity a little like i think bravo bravo needs to do a better job and i think it's our our job as fans and like watchers of the show of the channel mm -hmm. to like push them in that direction and and like call it out when we see it you know yeah, I think that Bravo for the very first time is trying to figure out what kind of tolerance, if any, they can apply to what a lot of other networks are calling zero tolerance. And there are obviously degrees of this. For example, the I don't watch Below Deck anymore. I did for a while and then I stopped Same. after I stopped on last OG season and I have no interest in watching Med. I didn't watch Sailing. Um, I just kind of I was like, OK, I'm good. Like, I'm OK. Yeah. <laughs> the deck end seemed to be more and more toxic and dangerous. I'm like, all right, I'm all set. But, you know, there was like a third deckhand or whatever who was recently fired. And you can actually say he was fired because Bravo put out a statement saying this person was fired for racist behavior and we're editing him out of future episodes. Now, people that I've spoken to that are still watching the show say he's still his plot line is still pretty prominent in whatever he's experiencing in his personal life. I can't necessarily speak to that because I'm not watching this season. But it is fascinating, something I've talked about on AG before, that, um, you know, it's fascinating that they were so willing and able to say this is a line that cannot be crossed specific to somebody that no one who hasn't, no one has heard of unless they watch Below Deck. And he has essentially almost no power or value to the network aside from that role versus Stassi and Kristen, who the network said, you know, very respectfully um, will not be returning to pump roles. Who knows if that will be a one season suspension and then Stassi's back with her little Bambino and has learned a lot of lessons from taking selfies of her um, almost non-existent bump as uh. she's like learning about black people these days. Um, but it feels like... You know, when there's actually something at risk, they have no interest in participating in that. They leave that to the viewership. They leave that to outlets to pick up and use the phrase fired. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Andy will say, you know, I um, agree that this thing that nobody will actually discuss is a firing. I agree that that happened. But just so you guys know, I had absolutely no role in any of the decisions being yeah. made. I think Bravo is continuing to try to figure out do we create a line? Is that a consistent line across the board? And then when someone crosses it, how are they dealt with? Do we pretend that we are all winking at each other and knowing that terrible things happened? But when we don't actually say that this is why that person is being penalized, like, what's the point? Yeah, I think I think that's really good. I think all that's really true. And I think, um, yeah, all the statements are very kind of vague. And, like, what's the point of even releasing a statement if you're not going to say the R word or, like, the white WS word, you know, white supremacy or, like, just acting with, especially with the conversations happening now, like, all the stuff that's being talked about so openly now, why can't you just, you know, follow in line with that? And, like, instead of being, like, you know, uh, 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 like, we didn't know, you know, we're not aware, we, we had no idea of these allegations and Lisa issuing that statement being like i had no idea like such bullshit i'm sorry she didn't mention faith in that yeah cued apology note not once yeah it's also interesting that you mentioned the value that charlie brought to this past season charlie who tweeted yesterday or the day before that she is 
completely fucked and almost, I mean, I might be using this incorrectly, like financially destitute because she has not received unemployment benefits months after applying in that she has not received any money that friends, colleagues that she knows are now homeless, literally have no place to go. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so the alleged multi-multi-millionaire who says she's an advocate and an ally and a great businesswoman and these these employees are like her kids and everybody makes mistakes, has she ponied up a single dollar to help her staff? And somebody tweeted Charlie back and was like, has Lisa helped at all? Charlie's response was, well, it's not her responsibility. I look to the government, but it's also like, okay, cool. But if you are somebody who has made a mint off of putting these people's lives in front of the camera, you're obviously, because of the value that you're bringing to Bravo, you're making a substantial amount of money, not only as a businesswoman and restaurateur, because these shows are, because these restaurants are shown on camera, but also these individual people's lives. Like, have you started an employee fund? And I said that on a recent episode and people reached out and they were like, well, maybe she's doing it privately. If Lisa Vanderpump, has ever done anything charitable privately don't you think we would all know every last cent publicly like where in the trajectory of lisa vanderpump's life as we have seen since she joined and helped create beverly hills has there ever been a moment where she has done something charitable that we have not borne enormous witness to totally and i think you know knowing that the toms had to do a bunch of cameos for charity awesome. you know it's awesome but it's like it was kind of sad because it was like you know they're only like what two percent owners of it or something and they're yeah. having to Isn't it like five I think and it's like, like five. i forget yeah you know and it, obviously it probably didn't cover like everything but it was it was a gesture and it probably helped a, a lot but yeah i think it's despicable i didn't know about the employees being homeless from it i mean that's well, Charlie said that friends of hers were homeless and that a lot of people and a lot of the um, I think that the, a lot of the staff has been affected. I don't know the breakdown of who has lost or is experiencing unstable housing relating to. No, that. I believe it, though. I, I, yeah, I think I, I, I remember I hearing it. that Um, I heard a rumor that Lisa. Allegedly, allegedly, Lisa um, didn't even address covid in that first week when things were locking down and restaurants were closing like there was no um because i think every company was given like information and like kind of Mm -hmm. like a and there was no like people all the staff was kind of confused and they're like are we still working that's what i heard Mm -hmm. that they were all sort of kept in the dark and then one day it was just like oh oh yes we're closed and they were all like wait this wasn't even talked about so i think they did it. Sounds like they did a really shitty job at uh, transitioning their staff into this insane time. So, I mean, hard time, obviously, for the service industry and and mm-hmm. especially restaurants and bars. But you got to take care of your staff. Like I've worked at restaurants, you have to take care of your staff. Like you have to. Uh, yeah, you're right. Lisa touts herself as like this mother to all her you know, her waiters and bussers and bartenders, and it's, like, bullshit. Yeah, and I think that Tom raised, like, 50K with those cameos. I mean, it wasn't an insignificant amount of money. They really stepped up and did something that they could do safely that didn't require themselves putting them, you know, putting themselves at risk and also was a benefit to the people that were donating. They got this really awesome, like, little video moment from the Toms together, like, lounging on furs or, like, whatever. (laughs) 
like lounge chair they're um, sitting on in whomever's living Amazing. room. Um, so you're a frequent collaborator and co-host on Sexy Unique Podcast. How have your conversations with Lara Marie Shane Halls, whose name I frequently mispronounce, but whom I love. You got it right. And adore. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, how have your conversations with her changed, if at all, because of everything that's going on, because of how our current very difficult, tense climate um has affected shows including and most substantially probably right now Vanderpump Rules yeah I think I mean Laura I I come on like once in a while I we do like mostly like the spinoffs where we like mm -hmm. we'll recap like season three of we're recapping season three of New Jersey Housewives so we do sort of like mm -hmm. canon seasons of like you know gallery girls and stuff like that but I I have been a guest uh I'm sometimes a guest on her, the actual Vanderpump part Laura is always, I mean, she's been very kind of unafraid to call out these people for yeah, years. And amazing. like, she's, she's, you know, she's actually gotten into like issues with some of them because she used to be on a podcast that actually had them on. So she sort of right. have, has known some of them. So Laura has always been like kind of banging the drum that these people are mostly garbage, garbage. and, right. you know, not afraid to call out like Stassi and like Jax and troll them and and always in with good cause so i don't think it's changed that much i think um obviously it was shocking to know the actual details of what stassi and Kristen like mm. the lengths they went to to try to mm. take faith down was mm -hmm. i think we were both like whoa but um no i don't think it's changed that much i think laura specifically i mean when i've been on it we've talked about it too but like she's always like talking about you know these people are like toxic and like racist and and you know she's kind of been a stassi truther for a while so i think <laughs> of just how horrible and like you know so i i don't think it's changed that much i think we it's just now it's more open i think more mm -hmm. people are openly talking about i mean everyone here's the thing vanderbilt pearls that like went from train wreck to like being written about in the new yorker and like the new york times is like like a, that show you should be watching and sort of became yeah, Vogue. Vogue so, did a huge piece. Yeah, of Vogue Vogue did that piece. Like they became sort of darlings almost of like mm -hmm. it's so bad it's good and like it's such a it's like a microcosm kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they sort of Yeah, they were like they were very much elevated, even more than Housewives almost. Like yeah. to this yeah, like yeah, yeah. true celebrity status. Mm -hmm. Um but at that time, everyone was sort of ignoring, or not ignoring, but like sort of just being like, and myself included, just like, oh, yeah, they they say and do horrible shit that's like reprehensible. And, but they're, they're sort of, but it's okay because it's like kind of almost camp and like part of this, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I totally do. And I also think it's a matter of. They were like, they were like shielded by like Condé Nath. You know, they were like, they were like, they were sort of given like an okay by like these purveyors of culture. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like, it was, it was uh, promoted on a different platform than maybe uh, other shows had experienced within like a higher level of press where it's not like, oh, here's my new apartment for Us Magazine. It's now Vogue itself is saying this is a show that has influenced culture, which 
helps monetize these individual cast members. That helps, you know, the rate that these people are getting to go to special events. That helps DJ, DJ James Kennedy do his white Kanye shenanigans. That helps Stassi sell out her tours because they're saying to people, if you consider yourself um, an avid Bravo-holic and still look at it as a dirty little secret, Vogue is telling you it's no longer, you don't have to be afraid. You can come into the light. We're all watching this. Let's experience it even and celebrate it even more. And now we have to think to ourselves, okay, they got all this attention. They got all this publicity. They got all this stuff that you would want to get. And we anointed them to this huge level, understanding that they are still garbage and trash, which is what we sort of loved. Now we're getting the underbelly of the garbage trash which is like a lot of really genuinely dangerous behavior. Yeah. Where do we go from here? I don't know that I, I hear you on the canceling the show. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I also don't know. There has to be a reason that Jax f- publicly has not been fired um, or, or has been told he's not, ret- it has been announced that he's not returning or something. And that might be, relating to them trying to figure out the future of the franchise i really i couldn't tell you i don't know yeah and i guess i mean i guess i was i'm going like the extreme route with like just fire it so but maybe there is something to keeping it but also like stop pretending like this stuff isn't happening and like make that part of what's being filmed like the conversations around what's happening and like them having reckonings with like their past and their privilege Mm -hmm. and i think bringing in people like black people black cast members and like people of color and like why are there no truly like no other than dana and ariana like there have been billy lee was the really the only queer yeah she was like the trans you know the, the first trans woman on the show but like there's no queer cast members who are like in the spotlight like why are there no same sex like relationships and like dating like Dana and Ariana allude to it but like you don't really see it and it's like why don't they apply what Lisa especially touts herself as like Mm -hmm. this ally why don't you actually put that to paper and put that in and put it all in the mix and see knowing what we know and like maybe breaking the fourth wall a little more and like being aware of like Stassi's being fired and Kristen being fired and like talking about that and like I don't know. I, I think it could be like kind of holding their feet to the fire a little mm-hmm. on on camera. I think that could maybe be kind of interesting and important to watch. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I also think, you know, so New York was new last night and oh I had a feeling that some of the confessionals might not be as glam <laughs> produced right. as what we have seen because as we know several of these shows I think of New York I think of Beverly Hills as we've seen from social people are filming from their homes doing what they can with hair and makeup and doing what they can with AV you know audio and tech and from what I understand of New York from a timing perspective New York was filming self-filming their own confessionals at a time in which like there was absolutely no chance of anybody coming to your house to help you install anything it was really left up to the women themselves and I understand that and I have to think I you know whether or not it was jarring for me I have to keep in mind like this episode may not have existed except for the fact that we have these like less than ideal confessional moments, but we should all be grateful and thankful that they're even there in order to tie this and future episodes together. 
Um, I was just personally surprised after last night's episode, which was new for the first time in about 45 years, that there was no like surprise I'm doing this in a confessional or any kind of like little lower third or something because we had these moments where Ramona's looking at great uh, looking great and whatever and then we go to her confessional moment I actually thought she looked pretty good but like Lou the audio quality the sound quality was off were you surprised that there was no mention of what was happening or do you think that in and of itself would have been more jarring to the storyline taking us out of it yeah I guess I mean, I guess it also just shows, like, how used to it we are now that yeah. I didn't really even think twice. Like, I knew, like, I was like, oh, yeah, they're they're in lockdown now. Like, I was it's weird how fast the brain and, like, how you ad- how we have adapted to this new world. And I think, mm-hmm. I don't think it was even necessary to, like, have, like, a, okay, good. a, like, a text in the beginning, like, this part of this was filmed. Because no, it's, I like, we all, right. like... We all know what's going. We all know what's happening, yeah. you know. So it's, but it was, it was, but it was weird. How there wasn't an episode last week, and then suddenly they're like, surprise, surprise. So I mean, it was, yeah. And the audio was very ha- that was a little haunting. I was, ha- I was most haunted by Luann's echo and her like mm. filming. It just sounded really cavernous and weird, and so if anything, I was haunted by that. Also, shout out to any AG who has reached out with critique of quarantine audio. If Bravo, a network with enormous skill in production of audiovisual elements, has to deal with that kind of echo, consider yourselves lucky and fortunate that during a global pandemic, you have something to listen to, even if my voice is a little louder than necessary. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I all for say. it. I think like show the seams you know like i'm 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 into it but it's still like it was yeah i was it was weird i mean luann i was also i just kept like laughing to myself like just imagining luann being like like imagining her in lockdown like what that's like and just imagining (laughs) her what do you think that's like i i just love i could just see her being like well you know it is what it is. Like, the show must go on. Like, that, you know, like, just kind of going with, like, she just seems so, like, hey, yeah. <laughs> here I am. She's an old pro. She is our Liza. She, she is our Lou with a L. She or is. Whatever. She I is. also feel she's like she is, like, I could see Luann being anti-mask. Oh, yeah? I could, I mean, we all know Ramona is, and, okay, I just need to talk about this really fast. So, Lu- Ramona was, was... It was found out that she was at a Hamptons party this past yep. weekend where everyone was mask free and Donald Trump Jr. was there with his yep. Kimberly G. I can't say her last name. It doesn't it's not worth understanding how to pronounce. And it was at the house of Joe Farrell, if I'm saying his name correctly, who we saw featured earlier in the season, who's that bajillionaire that Ramona may or may not want to fuck. And so Ramona was at a of party course with a hundred guests, none of whom were masked. It was an inside-outside party. She knew enough not to do social while there. Neither did um, uh, Donald Trump Jr. Neither did Joe Farrell or Kimberly, whomever. But, you know, it came out that Ramona is now back in New York after living her best life in Florida. You know, she started the quarantine by 
being her best self, talking about how she was living with Lyme disease and was doing her very best to limit um, interaction with other people and maintain pretty rigid order out of inside of her apartment due to a um, immunocompromised system. And guess what? I guess she cured herself of Lyme in like 45 minutes because she went to Florida. She was shooting the shit, came back to New York, flew at the worst possible time is just living her best life in the Hamptons, knows enough not to publicize some of it, but doesn't know enough not to actually attend and has been called out most prominently by Leah. I know. And Ram- Ramona's response to that was making this surprise announcement, which was as surprising to me as thinking that Lisa Vanderpump is secretly donating to help su- financially support her wait staff. Uh. That, oh, guess what? Back in February, she tested positive for antibodies. They've donated plasma. She was just keeping it on the DL. But days after Leah McSweeney was in page six because of saying this is complete bullshit that she's traveling during this time and pretending she's a proud New, York- New Yorker. Guess what? Surprise. Ramona did something good. Yeah. I wait. You think it's good? No, I'm being. Oh, oh. I I don't. I I would love to see the receipts. Here's my. I I'm not gonna say Ramona is lying about this. I would love for someone to do some investigative journalism. Oh yeah, I want like a long Jezebel long piece about it, or or like in the cut or something. I want like a whole long read. Oh, yeah. I need Brian Moylan. I need everybody to drop everything and look through AG's. Uh, You know, I needed investigative journalism satchel piece. I need someone to look through her social and or go back in time in a time machine and remember what her stories were for the entire month of February. Because I'd love to see if she was absolutely inside. And I don't remember. It could have been March. I don't remember when this actually happened. But the fact that she's releasing this wonderful announcement about antibodies now literally days after Leah was like what the fuck are you doing and the fact by the way that when people were posting I think it was um you know the comments by celebs like the bravo their bravo page which is great they posted a little um post about this and Dorinda and Lou both replied to it with like dot 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 because everybody knows she's full of shit yeah and I no way this is real there's no, no way totally and I think um yeah, there is something to her being like, I'm a born New Yorker, like, this is my city, all this stuff. And, like, obviously, like, if you, it's okay to, like, if you if you have a place and you feel safer there, like, go to it. But she was de- – clearly, it's just – it's ironic that she fled from the hot zone, the first hot zone, and then and then yeah. fled, and then was – and then suddenly the one she was in became the new hot zone and then went back. It's – yeah. It's a little, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a little flying in the face of, um, you know, the city that she ostensibly loves and, and wants to honor. And yeah, and she's a, and you know, she definitely like probably voted for Trump and, and was at that party because she's like a star fucker and like a social climber and probably, you know, she really wants. To, it's you're really seeing it this season too. She really wants to be like in on that in crowd of the Hamptons, mm-hmm. and I think she really. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, no one was going to stop Ramona from like hobnobbing with DT Junior, and you know, mask be damned. And another thing that I'm like, I was offended by that 
obviously for many reasons, but that statement of her being like, oh no, it's okay, I had antibodies. They're finding that antibodies don't guarantee you immunity in the long term. Like, it's not, just because you have antibodies doesn't mean that you're not going to get it again. Like, that's the thing about this disease. It's constantly shifting, and it's so mysterious and baffling. And people can get, can test positive again if they've had it. Like, and Um, Ramona just being like, so like, oh, it's all good. You know? I don't know. Yeah, there's such a thing as a false positive. And P.S., this test is great to know, but this is a whole new thing for us. We've never, I have never experienced in my lifetime a fucking global pandemic. And one test does not mean that you can shoot the shit and live your life exactly the way it was before because you think that you're safe. That doesn't mean that you are, in fact, safe. And that doesn't mean that other people are safe. And it's It's so Ramona. It's so Ramona to just be like, be like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. No, it's, it's all good. I'm fine. You know, and just like, you know. Again, terminal uniqueness, just thinking that she is, like, above, above it all. It. That she she thinks she's the exception to the rule. Um, I have a satchel of gold from Maria in Brighton, which she informs me is um, located in the United Kingdom. Thank you oh, so I've much, been to Maria. Brighton. Oh, have you? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's on the very tippy coast of the, of the island of the United Kingdom. Phenomenal. Well, when you go back, go to drinks with Maria. She has some stuff to say about Ramona that I think you'll appreciate. So Maria says, do you think Ramona has finally finished her journey on Real Housewives of New York? She ducks out of filming regularly. See the Hamptons and the Halloween party this week. She doesn't engage in conflict. That's literally her job. And she obviously thinks she can do whatever she wants. She's no longer fun to watch. And she makes my skin crawl. What are the chances she leaves with her head held high, or will she crash and burn a la Victoria G? Thoughts? Hmm. I think, yeah, I definitely think she's, like, has senioritis. And, (laughs) I mean, she's she's one of the OGs, and she's just, like, I mean, at a certain point, there was a point where I was like, Ramona just will just be on the show forever. Like, even more than mm-hmm. Vicky, like, has more staying power than... Um, and, by the way, let's not talk about Vicky and her corona journey. Like, Yeah, she's hell. had one. Um, and but, her Black Lives Matter journey, oh, by the way. Uh, her, yeah, her, like, blue lives <laughs> fuckery. Um, but, what an activist. Yeah, I'm kind of like... Ramona just ducking out and skip it's like she's skipping class kind of and and kind of doing what she wants and uh yeah i think she might i think this could be this could be it for her and i i think uh i'm so tired how many how many coming out parties are like renewal parties has ramona had you know it's like i can't there's a limit to what I can, what I personally can handle, and I I'm I can't handle another like Ramona renewal. Yeah, I think Ramona read some sort of puff piece in People magazine about how Mariah Carey doesn't talk about having her birthday. It's like an anniversary or whatever, and Ramona decided that this is how she's going to live her life, and it's her way of being able to pivot from being like a dick to her friends by saying. I'm going to include you guys in stuff this year, but I'm never going to give you any, even an inch of the spotlight. Like she's not, we've seen this before. I think it's, it's, it's become a little tired now. And she's obviously, as Maria said, pretty disinterested in actually participating in it. And how many times can I see Ramona 
treat somebody like shit and then apologize and then sit there stone faced and uh, pretend to take it. I mean, we've we've all we've been on this ride many times before. The difference previously was there was somebody else holding her accountable and that person can't just be Dorinda who has her own complicated present on yeah. the show, if not past. There's really no moral center anymore. I think Bethany's exit and even Tinsley, um, I think they were, I mean, Tinsley much less than Bethany, obviously, but Tinsley wasn't afraid to call people out and like, be like, this isn't right. You know? And I think Tinsley had her own issues, but I think mm-hmm. she usually had like, she was at least kind, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorinda is full of rage and uh, grief and is so miserable to watch now. But I mean, I I think her instincts are right in that Ramona is is like a hypocrite. But I think Dorinda can't really say all that because she's so mean and aggressive too. Um, but I think Ramona is. Yeah, I think she's I think she's done and I think she's just like a you know, this episode when just that flashback of her in that restaurant with Elise crying and it's like I don't know. I mean I understand like I I can't imagine what it's like to be like divorced and like feeling lonely, obviously, but I'm just like Ramona, shut up. Like, well, she she doesn't deserve any of our empathy or sympathy because no, she and couches it's like, this whole like I'm alone with I'm also a monster who sort of deserves it. Who who here thinks that Ramona is an ideal partner for a person to have, regardless of whether or not she's looking for somebody with money or a sense of humor? It's like I don't care enough. I don't think she deserves that. I think she needs to like focus on herself which we know will never happen why should i give a shit yeah also this is just an observation but she's always talking about how she has like 50 girlfriends yeah and from the conversation who was the friend she met with at that weird restaurant um elise no, 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 like her other friend. I don't know. She, it was like just one of her oh, girlfriends. matchmaker yeah i think it was the matchmaker oh yeah. okay um well also just like I, I feel like we're getting, we're really seeing, like, Ramona's definition of, like, friend, I feel like, is very loose. And, like, I feel like she probably doesn't even have that many friends, like, at the end of the day. Well, I think she has a lot of, I think she has a lot of friends, but it operates on, like, Surface a level. system. I think that what Elise is talking about is probably incredibly valid, uh, valid, that she treats different people differently. And when Elise lost her access to bajillions of dollars and power and cachet in the society circuit in which Ramona is desperate to be a member, Ramona still considers her a friend, but she's no longer of as much value. I mean... I think that Ramona is looking for the kind of life that Sonia herself still, in fact, really lives with like these, the Saint-Tropez, the St. Bart, the whatever else where she's going to these high flying places and is wanted by people there who have actual real money, name and clout. And Ramona seems very willing to devalue friends while still calling them friends based on what access they can bring her in the society circuit, which is why it's so important for her to have a party for 60 friends to call it her coming out. Cause she is still 
um, desperately looking for the kind of value that she herself seemingly um, is consistently saying like Elise no longer brings. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an it's an interesting look. It's not a good look. No, it's not a good look. And the other problem with this is, which I think we experienced last season with Barbara Kay, is there may be somebody who is a friend of or whatever um, who's saying this person is treating me like shit and they have the best case for describing examples of a housewife's poor behavior. But because they themselves are not a cast member or don't have as much power on the show... You look at them and you're like, yeah, you might be right, but you're not the basis of this full season and you can't be the only one trying to teach this person a lesson. So when I look at Elise, who's like seemingly very capable of trying to bury Ramona in scenes without Ramona and then with Ramona tries for about a minute and then 10 minutes later is like, I'm so sorry, I love you. You're the best. Yeah, Elise that can't is... be where we're getting someone being held accountable. I'm a little You're confused. Not the vessel. I'm confused by Elise. I think she's. I mean, she's definitely like been part of it this season, like mm-hmm. some of the drama, especially like in Newport. But um, yeah, I'm confused. I think she's. There's like a. She has. She has almost like. I think she and Ramona have like kind of like a weird codependent relationship, and. You know, even from Elise, like, wiping food off Ramona's face, like, there's, like, a... I think because it's it sounds like Elise sort of, like, fell from her status, in quotes. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe she still is, like, kind of desperate to, to keep Ramona, you know, maybe. So it's, like, she she's tired of her, but then she's, like, Ramona's still... I don't, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. And I also think Elise had a big role or whatever in Ramona's circle, if not society at large. And when she lost her money and maybe value and was filming with Ramona and production said, you know, we really like you. Let's include you in more scenes as that role grew while her role in society dissipated. Ramona was probably looking at her as somebody who is less value and also maybe a threat. Like a threat on the show. Yeah. Which is, Ramona does not handle um, uh, diverted attention well, shall we say. She needs to always be the center. Yeah, and she's like... Just, I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, I think just going back to your point of like... Like when Dorinda was calling her out, which was so ridiculous. And like, so I was like watching through my hands. Mm. Uh just when Ramona shuts down and goes into that like catatonic stare mm-hmm. that she does when she's like when she knows she's being put in her place but she wants to mm-hmm. be victimized it's just it's so it's like it's funny but it's just so like i i was like groaning yeah and i think Ramona used to bring the party regardless of whether or not it was like a trashy whatever and now she just wants to leave it and maybe we should let her go like she just like with the matchmaker she says i want somebody with you have to choose. Do you want somebody who you're super, super sexually attracted to initially um, 
uh, or do you want somebody who maybe will fulfill you in other ways but doesn't uh, and has money but doesn't have that kind of attraction or whatever the two is and she cannot decide between the two and she's like well I want to have it all and Ramona can't have it all and she especially can't have it all as a cast member on this show um, that just experienced an enormous sudden loss with Bethany leaving the day before or day of filming uh, for this season when it began and I think we're seeing now more than ever that Ramona trying to flee drama and conflict and relationships on this show for other things, her other goal setting and passion pursuits in life, while also assuming that she still has all of the power and control. It's just not as interesting as it used to be. And I don't think, I think we saw it last season with, oh, I have to go, I have a date or I'm, you know, I've like double booked or whatever. And it's like funny once, but not every time. And if she's not participating and also leaving early, then why? Like she will always be the OG, but she doesn't need to be full time. It's interesting too, because I was just thinking about like Bethany and Ramona's relationship, and even though they were like obviously Bethany, Bethany was always like so fed up with Ramona, but she but she loved her too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think in a weird way, Bethany was sort of a cover for Ramona. I think Ramona was mm-hmm. protected by Bethany in some ways against like the Dorindas of it all, and like, and I think now that Bethany's gone, Ramona is like kind of even though she and bethany were at odds sometimes she kind of lost her biggest ally in in a way i think bethany and her sort of had this like even more so than like luann and like the but i think because they were like original castmates and they've just they have Mm -hmm. history with each other bethany sort of was a way for Ramona to kind of slip through and get mm-hmm. by. And I think, because mm-hmm. Bethany just had such an enormous presence. Mm-hmm. And I think now that she's gone, Beth- Ramona is like, she can't get away with stuff anymore. And I think Dorin, does that, am I, I hope I'm articulating myself well. I, I feel no, like. I, I think you are. I also think the ways in which Bethany was able to bury Ramona when they were fighting was also still truly entertaining. And when Ramona la- lost a, uh, an actual like foil a really strong counterpart somebody who was able to even when they were fighting with each other sort of versus each other it was still really interesting enjoyable tv when that person left the show all we're left with is the bad behavior we're not left with somebody else who's willing to participate in it and or call it out so yeah, now I think, we just have and Ramona I think, being a piece of shit. And it's like, that can't be a full season. That's and not I think, an arc. Yeah, Bethany actually, I think, brought out the best in Ramona. I think Bethany was able to, like, bring out the human in Ramona and the humanity mm-hmm. in her and make her... Yeah, I agree with that. Because they were, like, always at odds, but it was, like, in a sisterly way. I think Bethany was always just, like, trying, like, shaking Ramona. And I think it was it was funny. And they, they fought, and then they had these, like, moments, like, in, when they were in... Uh, the, or was it the Catskills or where they were at that bar and they were like talking about abuse, like mm. their, their shared oh, yeah, history. Yeah. And then they have a moment like that where it's super tender and like, there's so there's such history between the two of them and, and then they fight again. And it's, and that was entertaining to watch. Cause there was like, Ramona came off almost better with when Bethany was there. And now that she's not there, you, you were just seeing the horrible behavior and it's giving, the other girls a a pass i think to really go after ramona and like expose her you know what i mean because right because bethany would if dorinda was going after 
Ramona, Bethany could be like, well, Dorinda, you're, you know, let's talk about you before you go. You know what I mean? And like, I think now that there's no real like kind of center, mm-hmm. everything is collapsing. And mm-hmm. it just, it honestly shows you how, I don't know. I'm like a ride or die Bethany head. And mm-hmm. it really shows you how, what a vacuum she left. Yeah, I would say this is 100% um, hashtag this is a crisis. Like, this is not... Like, it is, though. Like, how are we, the viewers, supposed to hashtag be strong when we are left with kind of a mess of a season we can't it's like the the see i i don't know i want we're recording this friday um afternoon and i watched i t- i ne- almost never watch episodes live when they air so i watched this week's episode twice this morning and it was through like gritted teeth i would have to say i did not necessarily enjoy it and the teaser for next week is they go back to the berkshires but it just looks like people kind of making do and then making humor out of like the fucking fish room. Like that's not, that's not what made the Berkshires cinematic history, you know, like that's just. Again, because Bethany was there. Yeah. it Because Bethany's not there, but also there needs to be somebody else there. And we look to Leah as a sign of the future. And I think she's of enormous value to the New York brand, but like, what the fuck are we doing in the present? Because Leah's a first season full-time housewife. She's great. I I genuinely stand for her on the show. But it's not entirely her responsibility to save it. And it can't just be one person because we don't know her enough. We have to have somebody who has a really good first season and then the second season we see more cracks. So what are we to do when we have a lead up to what has historically been like a fantastic, maybe two or even three episode arc when they go on their little trip to uh, Dorinda's house of horrors, but also a lot of fun when we don't have Bethany there. We don't have, sorry, Carol there. We don't have God help us. Please bring her back. Heather there. Or Tinsley with Ramona being herself. That's not great. Or Tinsley or Tinsley who PS, I thought they did a great job of giving her a, a, a farewell. And I know I'm in the minority for this and apologies in advance. But why do they do new taglines for Tinsley? There's no precedent for this. I know that we're in a new world in which confessionals are being filmed in Dorinda's garage or whatever. And God bless, also known as like Heather's full time house. But what, what, why are we doing it? People liked it. I know that people liked it. I know they appreciated it. And frankly, the, the taglines themselves, I didn't think were bad. But, like, that's not the solution here. Like, that yeah. is a small little tagline band-aid over a much larger, more apparent and worrisome wound. I think they're, yeah, I think they're hurting. And I think it's it's a real, I think it's just a stale, it's gotten real stale. And it's, and their drunkenness is, is unwatchable. And, like, you know, I'm someone who's in recovery and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm never going to be someone that, like, will say someone... When you're in recovery, I, th- I don't think it's a good idea to, like, tell someone that they need to get sober. I think they have mm-hmm. to, like, I think you can subtly say it, but you can't just directly say it. You, they have to get to that point themselves. But, like, mm-hmm. it's unwatchable. To- Dorinda is unwatchable. Sonia is unwatchable when they're drunk. It's it's out of control. And it's, and, and Leah, you know, it's her first season. I'm going to give her, but, like, watching her and Luann kind of <laughs> validate each other's relapsing was really hard mm-hmm. to watch. And, and I think it's, you know, 
if they feel like they can drink, that's it's their prerogative and they can do it. But I, it's just judging from what they've they've they themselves have said about their own drinking, and then seeing their behavior being like validated by each other, it was just kind of hard to watch. And I think Dorinda is just she's just a mean drunk. At the end of the day, like she she gets, you know, I, when she was calling Ramona out, I thought about last season at the was it the charity where she was like sitting next to Ramona and was wasted and then getting in her face. Remember being like, Mm -hmm. it's a good thing. It's a good Mm -hmm. thing. You know, or whatever, like in her ear and you could like see the spittle Mm -hmm. from, it's like, you can't, I don't know. I just feel like this whole show now is based on like who can outdo each other and being a bigger shit show. And it's not fun anymore. So, and has your experience as someone in recovery your experience of watching this like drunken behavior um, that comes from a place of like sober anger and rage that just they allow themselves sometimes to come out because they use the uh, their overuse of alcohol as like an excuse. Has that become more disturbing to you this season or did you always kind of feel like in New York, maybe specifically this is not great? I think I think there are moments where the drunkenness is really funny and like fun and and like case in point like Luann falling over bushes and Ramona giggling oh. and 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 that amazing episode where they're in Mexico and they drink tequila and they're all like naked and it's like actual fun drunkenness and not like mm-hmm. insanity. Like there are moments where it's really fun and it seems like cathartic and necessary, but then there are just these venomous moments with you know, either Dorinda or Sonia just out of her mind. And it's like, it's not, it's not even, it's not so much disturbing as it is just kind of like sad. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a reminder that like, they're really hurting for material. And I, and, and I ha- think, yeah, I think they really, I think they need to shake up this cast. I think they need to get rid of some people and they, they need to bring in like new blood. And I think I'm ready for I'm ready for a gay man to be a Real Housewife <gasps> in New York. No, you are not. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think we need. I think we need like a black cast member, a a person of color. We need queer people on like much like Vanderpump Rules, but especially in New York because that that is more representative of New York. I feel like, and we need sort of like, I mean, imagine how great it would be to have like a like a power gay who's like maybe a younger guy married to an older guy and like, or just like a power gay who's in that world. I'm shaking my head now. I mean, why not just do it? I mean, the show is made, is, is made for women, mostly women and gay men. And I mean, I'm generalizing, sorry, but like, it's why not just put a gay man on, especially New York. That would be the perfect place to to try that out. Well, there can be a conversation about how how gay men on many of these show, shows are looked at as accessories for a lot of these housewives. Oh, of course. I mean, but, if it's it's a, you know, I think the most criminal case of that was on the Real Housewives of Orange County back in the day, the way they treated their like their gay pets. But um yeah, I think I think it's just due time. Why not just have a fucking fun <laughs> mean gay guy? Um, well, I mean, I think that there are some 
spirits that might be emblematic of uh, fun, mean, gay guys that exist within these housewives. I am of the opinion that I I truly do not want to see a man as a full-time housewife. I think that there are ways in which these women can have more um, emotional and honest and respectful relationships with um, uh, members of their family who may be... um, uh, queer, you know, gay, bi, trans, whatever their lived experiences, but I do not, I do not need a man to be a housewife. That's true. I, it's sort of like to me, like, should a man join the view? Except I'm actually more pointed in this way, where I'm yeah. thinking like these are women's stories, and I would love to see a trans uh woman as a, a trans woman or a gay woman or oh, like yeah. a power lesbian, like that'd be great. Would love. They tried it with what's her fuck the fucking trainer on Orange County and that was a goddamn mess and there was the woman who was a power lesbian on New Jersey who was a friend of Teresa's who kicked herself off after she like assaulted or came at Jacqueline in some way a couple seasons ago but I I I just feel like these are stories about women's That's lives. That's true. I'm, and I kind of say we need to choose it, better people versus great men. We need to choose better women versus great men. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm <laughs> I hope I don't get canceled saying that. I, I say yeah, it, you're canceled. You're I, done. I say Episode it more. Over. I kind of say it more in like a tongue-in-cheek way, but I, I just mean more, just more. I don't know. I guess I say I. It is a show for women, and you can't. And also, like calling a man a house, like it just. Yeah, that would be, there would be some branding issues. I also have to say, you're not the first person to say this, and I say that in your defense. There was a a call and rumors a while ago about the potential for a gay man coming on Beverly Hills full-time, and I believe there were also rumors in the same way, however many years ago, in the last couple years, about a specific gay man, I forget who it was, who was in contention for coming on New York, and I am sure that it is a conversation that producers are having when they look at... We talk about how are these shows are going to change. We talked about that at the beginning of this episode. You know, like, how do we look at what our society is going through when it comes to Black Lives Matter and also what we're going through dealing with a a global pandemic in our country? How does that affect the way in which we look at these women? I am sure that producers and the network are trying to figure out after however many years that we've had housewives, how do we change the formula to keep it fresh? Like how yeah. do we introduce the first of yada yada? I mean, Garcelle is the first black woman to be a full-time cast member in Beverly Hills, which is wildly late to the game. And she's been an enormous success. She has. Now they're looking at how do we diversify in other ways? I'm sure. I just personally don't think it should come down to a man. having a man full-time, but yeah. I do think that there's a conversation of how we can have more diverse gay voices on the show. And maybe, and that's what they i was can, they I, can and should be women yeah but i i think we start with like if we're gonna go the the representation of queer people we should start with like bring in a gay woman or a trans woman or you know and like show that and like and and don't just have white cast members of new york and you know what i mean and like don't just have blonde women you know it's like this blonde white women you know like have show more of like the real new york that's what i think i was trying to say 
And I think um, you said it. I think you said it. And I think that's why so many people consider Leah a breath, of, a breath of fresh air. And I say this as somebody who lives on the Upper East Side but is not herself in the lifestyle that Ramona describes as being of a person that lives on the Upper East Side. Like, we need to see more downtown. This is not New York City. New York City is not a 10-block radius um, between, like, Madison and uh, Park. Like, yeah. or between more likely Park and Lex. Like, there's other shit for us to explore. And It's not just Leah Sutton Place new chapter but it's not the full book yeah it's not just Sutton Place for, um, <laughs> it's not just Sutton Place yeah which is uh <laughs> is a little area in a little part of New York that even though it's a building in which for however this was possible that Dorinda lived as well as Candy's oldest daughter like but- that is just one building of many but like let's go to other let's go past 14th street Let's go a little bit under 14th. It is a shock to the system for many of these women that, God forbid, Leah has, you know, um, a tattoo, let alone difference of opinion. And I'd like to see some others. I, I'm curious to see how Leah's sister is going to feature for the re- rest yeah, of the I mean, I think production knows they're in trouble and she's going to be in more episodes. I'd like to get to know her a little bit better. Bring her in. And also, lest we forget, like, our Brooklyn queen, Alex McCord. Do oh, we- my God. Doing, but like she was doing Brooklyn. She was doing Brooklyn before Brooklyn. She was doing Brooklyn before Bravo really knew about Brooklyn. Yes, yes, and I would love to see some Brooklyn money, of which Alex herself was not a full time resident. I want to see some Brooklyn cash money and people with money. Yes, motherfucking Brooklyn Heights. Why not have like a South Brooklyn, like uppity, you know, Park Slope, Real Housewife? Who's like super like? Oh yeah. I don't know. Oh no! Bring me uh, some Cobble Hill. Give bring me, me a some, problematic. Live in a brownstone, ten million dollars. Your husband works in advertising. You fuck all the time. You've got the kid in the stroller, but we don't see them a lot. Nor you have a you. Bjorn. Like, let me live that life. You have a baby Bjorn. You're, mm-hmm. you know, I want to see it. I would like to see that. I would like to see more. Uh, yeah, and and why not have like a woman like like Bethany when she first came on? She didn't have kids; she was single. Mm-hmm. Why does it have to? You know, how about bring on someone who like doesn't have kids? Bring that experience in, and like you know, and and I think just stuff like that is just stuff to freshen it up and the new because it's such and it <sighs> Carol for all her issues at the end, mm-hmm. like she was a good example of that. You know, mm-hmm. she was like doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she was dating someone younger, but she, before that, mm-hmm. she wasn't dating anyone. She just she didn't have kids. She didn't. It wasn't like an issue. It was just mm-hmm. it was just matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And she brought another kind of element, I think, that they that is that is the more real experience of like women. You know, not yeah. just like Upper East Side moms and and things like that. You know, completely. The one exception to that is that I completely agree with you. The one exception is that because Carol was like a part time Kennedy or whatever. Oh, that's true. She had that old school historical. She had the cachet that Ramona only wishes she could um, garner. Yeah. And so Carol like was a you know she's a downtown. She was a cool girl. She made her oven into a shoe closet. Whatever else. But also we never forgot that but she, she was, was a like, Kennedy. Technically a princess. And so while that 
garnered a lot of like interesting dynamics when you know Lou took offense to no longer being the only uh New York housewife uh with a title I think it would be it would be cool if that existed again but also it would be great if we got like another Leah but a different kind of life a different perspective yeah we really opened the door to a new new future for New York because this one is not working it's just it's not not. working yeah we don't need bring in like a woman who's doing her own thing and and living her own life but she doesn't have to be a princess you know or like yeah um also side note all the photos of carol with Ghislaine maxwell oh my god <laughs> we're just like if you haven't if you haven't seen because Ghislaine maxwell was arrested by the fbi finally yesterday and her million dollar house yeah somebody from abroad helped her finance in fucking new hampshire or insane whatever. insane that it took this long but all these photos of her there were i mean she's in if you just google Ghislaine maxwell celebrity you'll get like every celebrity has been in a photo with her including like mm-hmm. elon musk mm-hmm. and lo and behold there's like 10 pictures of her with carol radswell at like various events them chumming it up yeah, and I guess Ghislaine introduced her to Prince Andrew or something because she was going overseas by herself and a mutual friend told Ghislaine about Carol and Ghislaine called Carol and said, you're going to go to like the opera or the ballet with Prince Andrew and they went to dinner a couple times. Like, I think Carol herself has said like, we weren't close or I only knew her a little and it looks like they kind of knew each other more than that. But it is also this insane insanely uh upsetting world in which Ghislaine was able to travel for so many years and the Carol participation in that even if it was only at like a friendly acquaintance level where you maybe don't know a little bit about the other world that's happening is uh not great shall we say yeah it's it's not great but um yeah Carol found herself in the news recently so mazel to her congrats to Carol (laughs) fun she, I'm sure her people sliding into her DMs have um, some stuff to say. Um, speaking of stuff to say, Carrie O'Donnell, this was a total pleasure. Thank you for your first appearance. Thank on you Andy's for having I me. For there be many more to come. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. I loved. I love getting deep about these people. Right. I mean, how can we not? Yeah. That is the world in which we are so fortunate to live. So, Carrie O'Donnell, tell the people how to follow you on social. Where can they go? Your videos on Instagram are like everything I've ever needed in my entire life. Oh, my God. Life. Thank so you. Phenomenal. I hope I always feel like I'm embarrassing myself, but I appreciate that. Um, no, they're cinematic excellence. Uh, I, I'm at eCarrie on Instagram and Twitter. And I don't, I've deleted my LinkedIn. So you can't follow me there. Oh, my God. How dare you? How dare I? Can I I ask you one more question before we go? Yes. So you were in the writer's room on Heather's. You're in the writer's room for Billy on the Street. Did Housewives or Bravo ever come up in conversation? Yeah. I always, I mean, I've, for meetings for TV shows, I've, uh, when, because they usually ask you, like, what shows do you like? Mm -hmm. I always say, and probably has maybe cost me jobs, but I always say, (laughs) I think, I get influenced by the pathos of Real Housewives a lot. And I've I've actually, especially on Heather's, like, I, I think I brought up in the writer's room, like, examples of, like, just the inner... Working. Yeah. Because it's, it's just high school everywhere. Forever. It is. And how do you, what, how was that, what was the response like? Did the writers themselves, did you ever talk to Billy about Bravo stuff? Like, did, were other people in on the joke? 
Um, they understand? Were they fluent in the language in which you spoke? I specifically on Heather's there were there were two because I got really close to all the writers and two of the people were a married couple, uh, a man and a woman married couple, and um, they were we were all the three of us were every day would recap Housewives of New York together and because they were going <gasps> oh, back they were going back to like the old season so I was like reliving it through them and mm -hmm. and I love hearing it through a, the eyes of a straight man or the mouth of a straight man I love mm -hmm. and and just how like interested he was and fascinated and I think it probably influenced our work somehow just like um Billy it was more about like uh non maybe non bravo pop culture but I think he mm -hmm. he's you know I think I think some of the difficult I think weren't some of the housewives on difficult people Yeah, Luann was on. I yeah. want to say Sonia, but that could be wrong. I think he pro I think he's definitely like in on it. Um but yeah, I think I think with Heather's I think you know, it's it's great. I think women are the mo the best people to watch. And I think that they're the most interesting and compelling and, and it's, especially as a writer, I love writing women, you know, I think mm -hmm. that they're like, his men are, <laughs> yeah, Garbage. but, um, <laughs> I think that they're, they're real. I think the housewives like it better for better or worse are just like, here's all, here's what I'll end with, with the housewives, it's like. Yes, they've been, they're problematic and they, and you know, they're troubling and their antics are insane, but like, there's no other show like it where like there's women, no like especially yeah. like New York, like women over of a certain age are like mm -hmm. being star starring via like in a starring vehicle and like mm -hmm. working out their shit and going through highs and lows and like seeing mm -hmm. someone like Bethany be a fucking mogul and make millions of dollars on her own coming from nothing mm -hmm. and like. You know what I mean? And, like, Luann, like, bouncing from a divorce and, like, going through what she... You know, it's... Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's... I'm... It's really... Uh, I'm, like, jumbling my words. But it's it's no, cool to not. see... I get it. It's just cool to see women, like, not just, like... You know, 17 year old, off. Like, teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Well, you get to see how women are actually aging and um living their lives as they get older and how they're how not only fame which is a huge part of it at, at this time and success but also how kind of um time plays a role and I mean as Ramona said like a fine wine I just get better with time because she refused to use the word age but there's something to be said for that where yeah. you know either it shows how someone has grown or how they've devolved but regardless it is typically a sight to see and for that I am currently still grateful yeah it's like um, it's just it's just cool to have like these celebrities who are like not just like youth you know and like these it's you know what I'm talking? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, no, I totally do. That is, it's showing a different kind of life, even though, even if those lives come with them an inherent enormous privilege, which is like, oh, for sure, for sure, yeah, when it of comes course, to the, yeah, the privilege of being famous, of being white, of having economic stability, of um, or not stability, a uh, great economic wealth. I mean, yeah, they're not they're not representative yeah. of like the real like most Americans and most like yeah. women in this country, but. It's just it, for for certain aspects. I think it's it's just it's interesting and telling. 
Completely. And I think that as Bravo sort of works their way through what does escapist mean, that is what we will currently try to figure out ourselves. Like there's a certain amount of escapism, even if it comes from someone being a nut job that we like to see because it takes us out of our own lives, but also gives us a little bit of power over theirs to say like, well, at least I'm not that fucking crazy. At least I wouldn't have responded as Dorinda did in that moment in the Hamptons against Sonia or whatever it is. And I think that we're all kind of having the conversation now of like, as far as holding people accountable in these sort of escapist, sometimes imaginary universes or worlds in which they're filmed as quote unquote friend groups for several months at a time, then go their, their own usually separate ways and come back together like we're now figuring out okay so some of this is escapist in a good way some of it is escapist in a bad way but we still bring it value and now we just need to figure out what happens when someone crosses like the ultimate line so that's what we're trying to that's what we're sort of discussing right now it doesn't mean that you know our relationships to with bravo end it just means they kind of change and there's nothing wrong with that a little bit of change a little bit of growth kind of makes everything a little bit better change is good um change is good um speaking of change guys you're not following me on instagram and i don't know why uh that's happening so you need to change that choice uh-huh. follow me on social uh-huh. so funny. Uh-huh. follow me on social at dame galley i just literally forgot the name of my instagram handle do i need to check it i'm pretty sure that's what it is um it is dame galley and if you're not a patreon patron tequila um ag connoisseur can you please support andy's girls you're gonna get exclusive bonus episodes only for yourselves and yes god bless the ultimate ag online zoom key key is happening this month in july for og of the ag levels so if you're not on an og of the ag level do yourself a favor and make that change now because i'm going to send out uh the zoom invite and all of that good stuff soon it is in fact absolutely 100 happening this month and thank you guys for your patience on that note carrie o'donnell such a pleasure would thank love you, to have you so back much for having me this was awesome whenever whenever um uh, thank you thank you your perspective was fascinating and guys i hope you had a lot of fun stay safe wear a mask and one little psa as we end tomorrow is july 4 you better not fucking be going to a party but if you are and it is a pool party i haven't really talked about this on andy's girls but i will as a psa to the thousands that are listening if you are at a pool party, you decide to go to uh, a little ocean or whatever, and I know that you guys are doing that social distancing and solo and by yourself and wearing a mask while making a donation to a Black Lives Matter-based organization or charity, please do not dive. My brother, tomorrow, 4th of July, it's so fun for you guys. It's a terrible day for my family. Broke his neck because of diving in the shallow end of a swimming pool 22 years ago tomorrow. So just remember, as you guys are enjoying your summer in whatever special way you can, please be safe. And the best way to do that when you're doing a water activity in these hotter, disgusting months, please be careful when you are in a large body of water. Because trust me, you do not want to celebrate the 4th of July like the Galley family does every year. Um, So not to end on a downer. my god (laughs) but just to say guys be safe be careful because we want you to um still tune in to um uh you know send me messages and dms which i love so much be safe everyone Um, be safe everybody and continue talking about what a monster beast ramona is because truly that brings me so much celebratory joy um guys i love you be safe wear a mask and i can't wait to keep you again soon 